Good morning and welcome to Hochmah and Coffee for this October 13th, 2020. I hope you're having a wonderful morning so far. Today we have a special treat, a good friend of mine, Garen Patrick, who's actually going to be a missionary over to Nigeria, is here with me and I asked him to do today's Hochmah. And the question that we're going to be thinking about is how is Christ being magnified in your life? And so I'm going to turn it over to him and let him tell you what today's is all about. Well, hello, my name is Garen Patrick, and I'm a missionary uh, getting ready to go to Nigeria. And my wife and I are very excited to spend really the rest of our lives there, starting churches, uh, leading people to Christ, making disciples. We're also going to start a children's home there as well. So we're very pumped up about getting there, plan to leave there in June of next year. So we're really excited about that. I wanted to share just a couple thoughts uh, from my life verse. My favorite verse is in the book of John, chapter 3, and it's not necessarily John 3.16, although I believe that it's the greatest verse in all the Bible, but John 3.30, I promise you this is the most simple verse in the entire Bible. Uh, it says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And uh, this verse really captivated my attention several years ago. And uh, I've actually seen this verse used as, you know, a theme verse for a church, for several different churches. I've seen it, you know, on their banners and their, in their auditorium. And, and, but, but a lot of times what, we, what I've seen is that they'll just take the first part of the verse, he must increase. And that's sometimes all we focus on. We forget that that's, that's just half of the verse. Uh, he must increase. And then there's that very important conjunction, but... And then it says, I must decrease. And it's interesting, it doesn't say he must increase, semicolon, I must decrease, or it doesn't say he must increase and I must decrease. That word but indicates the importance of the second clause. He's got to increase, but in order for that to happen, the second clause has to take place. I must decrease. And I love the word must. It doesn't, he does not say, John the Baptist here is not saying uh, I should, uh, he should increase. No, he's speaking of something that is uh, of the utmost necessity. He must, Jesus Christ must be glorified in my life, but I must with all necessity, I must decrease. I must be willing uh, to let maybe some aspects of my life uh, diminish. And Really, the context of the passage, John the Baptist uh, is baptizing some people, and some of the people, some of his disciples, some of the people that were following him, are pointing out to him. They're saying, hey, Jesus is over there, this man that you keep mentioning, this man that you pointed out to us the other day and said, you know, behold, the, uh, the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. Uh, this man, Jesus, is baptizing as well. And there are more people, they say, you know, all men come to him. Uh, they're saying your crowd is getting smaller and his crowd is getting bigger. The people that were following you are starting to follow him. And he really kind of, you know, I'm going to put it in our modern vernacular. He basically says, that's the whole point. That was my whole goal. My whole goal is not for me to bit, get a big crowd of followers. My goal was to point people to Christ. So I'm satisfied with the fact that my crowd is getting smaller. My crowd is diminishing. My popularity, my fame is getting smaller because what is happening is the popularity, the fame of Jesus Christ is getting larger. And that was the whole purpose. Uh, my goal is not for me to increase. 
but for him to decrease, uh, for, for him to increase and in order for that to happen, I've got to decrease. And I love the, uh, he's explaining his, his thoughts here. And in verse 29, he gives this wonderful illustration. He refers to himself as the friend of the bridegroom. And in a Jewish wedding, it is actually the best man or back they called it the friend of the bridegroom, the best man who does what in American culture, uh, the, the maid of honor does. He actually is the one who does all the legwork, the preparations for the wedding, for the, uh, he hands out the invitations or delivers them by hand. And he, uh, you know, makes the prep work for the actual ceremony and for the reception. He's the one who does all the work behind the scenes. He's the busiest person, you know, during the time of the wedding. And he's saying, you know, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. It's all about Christ. I'm just the man doing the work behind the scenes. And uh, he said, it, it, it's all about him. It's not about me. And um, I think of, of, of my life and, and, and uh, to be honest, uh, just the thought of being a missionary was something years ago that I thought just wasn't big enough for me. You know, I thought I, I, I had good grades in high school. I was going to a good a good university I had a partial scholarship for that college and I thought you know I'm going to do something big with my life and then God called me to preach and then years later he specified you know I want you to go to the mission field but before that I thought you know that I got to do something bigger with my life than that but I, I've, I've realized that there's nothing bigger I could possibly do with my life than go to the mission field and you know going to Africa which is what we're going to do uh is going to take some diminishing it's going to take some decreasing on our part i'm not going to have the salary that i quote unquote could have had if i stayed at the university i was with and i'm not going to have the luxuries of america i'm not going to be able to see my family uh you know until you know at once every 3 years i'll be able to see them and i'm i'm not going to have you know electricity on all the time it's only going to be on half the half the day on a good day there's going to be safety threats. There are people in the northern part of the country I'm going to where, uh, you know, it's a very dangerous place to go over there. And it's going to take some decreasing. But if that's what it takes for Christ to increase, then so be it. Uh, if Christ is glorified, it's always worth the cost. And I'll just leave you with one illustration to really just uh, make this verse uh, simple, even though it already is as simple as it can possibly be. So many times in the, we, we have this perception of the Christian life. That we want the Christian life to be lived out our way. We want it to be an elevator. Well, we'll willingly say, yeah, I want Jesus Christ to be glorified in my life. I, I want him to be pleased, but I want him to increase, but I want to increase with him. You know, even as a preacher, you know, I, I want to lift Jesus up and I want him uh, to be glorified in my life. But I also want people to think that I'm a great preacher. I also want people to invite me to come speak at their conference. I want to build a big name for myself in the ministry world. And we have this elevator mentality where I want Christ to be glorified, but I want, to, I want some of that glory too. And the real Christian life that John the Baptist lived was not an elevator, it was a teeter-totter. You know, he wants Jesus Christ to go up, but he understands that in order for that to happen, He's got to go down. And I just want to encourage you and maybe challenge you. Let's live that mindset. It's not luxurious. It's not fun. You know, the life that uh, John the Baptist lived, if you look at it from a human perspective, it wasn't fun. And it did end with him being martyred and he decreased. But at the end of his life, Jesus gave him the greatest compliment than any any man has ever received. Uh, and I don't remember the words exactly, but basically uh, there has not risen uh, a greater than John the Baptist. And um, for Christ to say those words, just an amazing John the Baptist died with the praise of Jesus Christ himself. 
he must increase, but I must decrease. That's my life verse. It's so simple, simple to say, simple to understand, but so many times hard to live out. Well, thank you, Garen, for that. That was a huge blessing to me, and I hope it's a challenge to us that we need to be living this life where it is not about us. And so the question we got to be thinking about is how are we allowing Christ to increase? And maybe it's the other way that he was just uh, mentioned to us. How are we decreasing so that Christ could increase? Are there areas in your life that need to decrease today so that Christ can be magnified even greater in your life? Think about that today. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.